right. Hello and welcome to a very, very special edition of the Copper and Blue podcast. Uh, we don't have any special guests or anything, although uh, we have the wonderful Rob Soria and Shona Hickmore joining me, your host, Preston Hodgkinson, once again wonderful. for our second uh, round uh, preview of the Battle of Alberta. The Oilers were able to take home that Game 7 victory this past Saturday by a score of 2-1, to one, led by the... None! None! No, no goals were scored against the Oilers, Preston. <laughs> yes, a perfect game. Mike Smith's shutout. If you entered this series and said Mike Smith would pitch two shutouts, I don't think anyone would believe you. None, not even mentioning that was the Game 7 deciding uh, game of the series. Um one thing that wasn't surprising was that Connor McDavid led the way. He was magnificent in that game seven. He probably played his best game as an Oiler after we said that he played his best game as an Oiler in game six. So he had a, quite a performance in the stretch here. Uh, Cody Ceci did get the series clinching goal. He scored in the second period off a feed from Connor McDavid. So that advanced the Oilers to the second round where they will meet their provincial rivals the Calgary Flames after they went the distance in overtime on Sunday night and defeated the Dallas Stars with a very sneaky goal by Johnny Goudreau. So you guys, I think we have a lot to talk about here. This is the first time these teams have met in the playoffs since 1991. Of course, back then, it was I wasn't born. I was nine years away, eight years away from being even a thing in this world. So, um, but back then, Essa Tikkanen <laughs> had the, the Game 7 winner back then to send the Oilers into the next round. Um, what and, were it was you, argu- and it was arguably the best Flames-Oilers series ever. Like, not even close, I don't think. Well, for sure. It was back, It was after the, it was kind of after the Oilers were a dynasty and the, the, the teams are kind of on an even level, I'm guessing. I wasn't there, obviously, but I'm assuming that's what they made were, it so great. They were even for a long time. Yeah. No one gives Calgary credit. Edmonton yeah, was just know, a little better. You wonder what the Flames would have done in the 80s if the Oilers weren't there to uh, consistently beat them. Um, or the Jets. Or the Jets, yeah. Probably a, a Jets-Flames rivalry if the Oilers didn't exist. But uh, luckily they Oh, do. well. <laughs> and we'll never see that. Uh, well, maybe, maybe we will, but we don't know. Um, what was your guys' reaction to Calgary winning and confirming that the Oilers we're going to face them in the second round. Cause for me, it was a whole lot of, Oh my God, this is going to be an insane series. Well, I went to bed and I woke up to find out. Cause I was like, ah, screw it. You're not that important either. I hate the flames. <laughs> which I already do in perpetuity just because I'm supposed to, or I hate the stars and I am old enough. Preston is not, but I am old enough to remember all of the first round meetings between the Oilers and the stars. So I can hate the stars or I can hate the flames, but apparently I'm hating one of them. So I'll just go to bed and find out who it is tomorrow morning. (laughs) Then I woke up and it was the flames. So. (laughs) Yeah, I was, uh, I was surprised how many people uh, after the Oilers won were all of a sudden saying they wanted Dallas. I was kind of like, Oh, for weeks, everyone was talking about the battle of Alberta. And I just think there's people wanting a slightly easier team. Um, that said, Was when it got Dallas slightly easier, though. Oh, I think yeah. I, let's not kid ourselves. They might have taken Calgary seven because Calgary didn't play very well to start, and Dallas's netminder stood on their head on his head. But the Oilers are going to have their hands full big time with Calgary. Oh, I 100% agree. And they're a way better team than Dallas. I just think that Dallas showed 
a surprising amount of tactical approach. They knew they had less talent than Calgary, so they went out of their way to kind of knock Calgary off their game. The games Calgary did really poor in, Calgary, you know, spent a lot of time in and out of the box. They weren't really playing smart, right? And Dallas was very, you know... Opportunistic, I think. And very, but I think also very strategic in provoking them to that level so that they would be stupid in how they played. Would the Kings Um, not have done the same thing to the Oilers, though? Yes, I think that they tried. I think it was slightly less successful. Really, yeah. though? They both went to seven games, and Dallas's netminder stopped, what was it, 65 shots or whatever it was in game seven? <laughs> Jake Ottinger was. So, yeah, I know, but that's why I think that they were slightly less successful because, you know. Because a goalie had an, an other No, I think, that, I think that Edmonton, uh, I think – LA was less successful in getting under Edmonton's skin because Edmonton didn't deviate from its plan. Now, I don't agree with Edmonton's plan, which seems to be like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will save it all. Great plan, I suppose. Not fallible if, at all. If you win but, in this in this time of the year, it's it's a good plan. <laughs> but that wasn't the plan till game what the third period of Game Five. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't talk yeah. to me about game five. Don't talk to me about game five. Yeah, I was at that game. And, so uh, was I. Oh, you were. You were. That's right. Um, well, that, that's when that became the plan. So. I know. Mm. But I'm saying, like, the Kings forced the Oilers to change their plan. I think that that was very I think they just panicked. well done. Well, I think, to be fair, I think part of it, the Oilers panicked. But part of it, too, is Dry Saddle's injury played into it. That line was getting killed. Like yeah. Dreisaitl's line was getting killed for what four four games in two periods. So yeah, but people don't talk about that. Well, yeah, some were some, but, yeah. some, but again, a lot of the time you hear, and I I saw it on Twitter today, and it drives me nuts. Um, you can't talk about someone was saying you can't talk about uh, player deployment or mistakes in player deployment because you're all just supposed to support the team at this point of the year and i was like well this is a bullshit take (laughs) put the explicit on this right now because this is a fucking bullshit take if you think that me being a fan of this team which i have a passing relationship with where some days i am and some days i'm not involves me blindly supporting a team because you reached a certain point in the season you were absolutely out of your goddamn mind because I had, we had those people in November telling us to shut up about the deficiencies in the Oilers yeah. because they were cruising. So, no, I don't think that, um, you know, it's the time to be, like, not talking about player deployment or not talking about the statistical improbability. By the way, Mike Smith had a couple really good regression games to his office statistical improbable things. Mm-hmm. Um it's really unfortunate game five was one of them <laughs> hey he rebounded in game six and seven yeah. so. i'm just saying like um <laughs> you know I, i'm not so uh, i'm not I saying really, I, I just really find it odd that that's kind of where people are at right now don't talk about yeah but to be fair shona it's like that all the time like you said it's like that during the I, sure it's worse playoff time you're right but yeah they don't you know, they, they just see what they, they want to see. And that's fine. Like, yeah, I think it was yesterday. I had someone via Twitter as well. Same thing. I can't remember who it was. And they were like, Oh, just enjoy it. And it's like, well, I am enjoying it just because <laughs> some people want to point out stuff. It's and how I put it to them was 
some people want to point it out when it occurs. That doesn't mean they don't enjoy watching the game or they don't want the team to succeed. And some just, like you said, blindly ignore it. And then they lose their collective shit later when it, when it becomes an issue. So to each their own, right? You can fan how you want to fan, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's the I, other that's thing. That's how is I try to fan how you want to fan, but don't stand there and deterministically tell other people that you can only fan in one way. Yeah. That's the thing that bothered me the most. It was like, well, you people don't talk about this; just enjoy it. Yeah, it's like you can don't do both. Tell me, don't tell me how <laughs> no, to I fan. Draw, I draw a certain line with that because uh, I I hate it when people um, shit on players for no particular reason. <laughs> Um, especially Yessi Puliarvi. I've seen that a lot where I'm just like, no, but I, what I'm saying said, is like, and it was, it was actually specifically Puliarvi that they were referencing in this tweet, even though they were using player X, because the very specific was don't talk about how player X only has five minutes of ice time, which is something that happened to Puliarvi in that series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to somebody else's 11 minutes, player Y's 11 minutes, because player X won't be here next season, which is one of those things that you know, has been swirling around through the Oilers fan base off and on all season, Puyarvi's future. Um, yeah. Right. But I take offense at, um, I don't take offense. I just think it's stupid that you somehow think by the basis of you fanning one way that, or being a fan in one way, I don't mean fanning, like, you know, that you then you have yourself off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somehow have some sort of credence to explain it to other people yeah i mean it's one thing if you're sitting in the stands and this drives always drives me nuts um anyone who knows me knows it drives me nuts is if you're sitting in the stands yelling you know profanities or or just screaming at the refs because they're making bad calls that's one thing if you're doing it and the people around you were bothered by it i hate it you know i absolutely hate it you're not changing anything screaming profanity at the ref doesn't change anything and it negatively impacts my experience but that's one thing you know i don't say don't be upset by the refs i say don't fucking scream about the refs where i can hear you go you know go scream about them with someone who that is a way that they enjoy it you know yeah, yeah um, for sure i feel so like I, that's just one of the things a little off topic here i want to get back to do the series oh, what do you hand. mean you're supposed to stay on topic <laughs> It was good conversation. I like the conversation, but uh, we're we're in a, a limited time. I know last episode, Shona, you weren't here, so I had a time limit because I don't have the Zoom. Um, I know this is the one I bring to the podcast, limit. everybody. The ability uh, so to I had a little timer. I have paid Zoom, <laughs> um, so that's why we have Shona. No, we have Shona here for for a lot more reasons than just that. Um, <laughs> the best for... one is the paid Zoom. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Oilers go into this series um, against a very deep. Uh, Calgary Flame squad, uh, probably, uh, I know a lot of pundits have said that this is probably one of the deepest teams in the playoffs outside of, you know, your Floridas and your, your Colorados. Um, so it's going to be a challenge no matter how you, 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 you tee it up here. But I think the one thing the Oilers do have that the Flames don't have is the Connor McDavid. And let's be fair, Connor McDavid has <laughs> yes, that except the Oilers. absolutely incredible. I have a tweet here by Dmitry Filipovich with uh, EP Rinkside, who um, did a little bit of a, a write-up on Car McDavid's round one showing. And it goes, um, with him on the ice at five on five, the Oilers had 71.1% of chances and a 70.6% 
expected goals. Um, he had 94, they had 94 five on five shot contributions and played 45 minutes out of the 106 possible five on five minutes in the final two games. Those are crooked numbers. Those are absolutely insane numbers by Connor McDavid. If he rolls into the series playing at that same clip, it doesn't matter how deep you are. He's going to carve you. He's going to get one, two, three points on you a night. So I think that's going to be the real X factor for the Oilers. Of course, it's pretty obvious, but it's also going to be interesting to see how the Oilers defense reacts against not just the Philip Deneau's and the Kopitar's, but the, the Goudreau Lindholm, the, they, the flames have something the LA Kings don't. And that's four really good lines. So those are the two things I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how the Oilers react to in the first goings of the series. And they actually have a, a power play that isn't garbage. Yeah, that's another thing. They have a, a very potent power play. Um, so we probably won't see the Oilers shut them off the power play for the first two, three games as well. So there's going to be another need for the Oilers to be much more um, disciplined, which at times in this series, they definitely struggled with. Um, I'm looking at game five when they had a chance to tie the game up a lot earlier. And then on kind of a half break, McLeod got a four minute and caused the, the Kings to score again. So um, that's going to be very important for the Oilers going up here. Yeah. The problem I see though, with, like you said, Calgary's depth is an issue. Um, I don't know if Edmonton's D can handle them. Yeah. I just don't just from uh, the physicality part of it, which goes without saying. Um, and like you said, they're deep. Uh, Calgary's D isn't great either. Um, I think they have it's slightly be- better though. Oh yeah. They, well, they have injuries too. Tanev probably won't play to start at least, which hurts Calgary. Um, but again, the, I'm curious to see how the Oilers deploy the lines. If if Woodcroft's plan is like you guys were hinting at earlier, that we're going to run McDavid every other shift, <laughs> that ain't going to work over the course no. of the series. But I don't think that that works as well with Calgary as it did with LA. Oh, for sure. You can overwhelm LA. I don't know if you can overwhelm Calgary as the other thing is McDavid is very good, but McDavid can overwhelm pretty much anyone, I think, but not for as long a stretch. Like I would, you know, I would agree with that. But the problem is dry side, all right. He's hurt. So at the very oh, didn't you hear the press? It's like my grandma when I was like a kid. I'm fine. Well, what do you? That's that, that's how NHL works. So yeah, he's like I know, a but I'm just saying. I, I see where he's coming. But it's like crotchety grandma vibes off that one from By the sounds of it, he has a high ankle sprain. His knee is still screwed, and from rumors that we heard earlier, I think he has a bum wrist too. So this guy's playing with three injuries. Um, nurse is compromised. It's quite obvious. Kempe blew past him, I think, six times in that series, and Kempe can skate, but not to the degree where he should be passing nurse six times in a series. Um, Didn't I warn you that nurse would be way less effective if they rushed him back? Well, yeah, but they, they, they don't have a choice, Shona. What are they I know do? they don't, but why not? Yeah. Because they screwed up their decor. Well, but even if they didn't screw up their decor, like any team losing your, for most teams, unless you're going to play like the Kings did, right? The Kings lost Dowdy, but the Kings play the style they do, which is that system. They're one, three, one and hope to God their goaltender can stop stuff and they'll score mistakes. It's not how the Oilers are built. 
I think Sean Dursey had a really coming out party. I, I, I knew of him. Sure, yeah. Um, I didn't know a lot about him, but that series really showed how capable he is as a, as a top pairing defenseman. He, he's going to be a good player in L.A. for, for, for years to come. Yeah, he um, should be. Yeah, so, you know, like you were saying, um, they played good um, despite losing their top uh, uh, D-man and Doughty, but, you know, the right guys stepped up and played very good against uh, the Oilers' top guys for most of the series. So... It's a combination of things that I think happened for LA to, to force that game seven. I wonder though, um, the Oilers had a lot of success late in the season against the Kings. Yeah. The Oilers have had no success late in the season against the Flames. Um, uh, yeah, the, the season series was 2-2. The Oilers took the first two and then the yeah. Flames took the last two. And the last two weren't exactly what we would call Close. You would call them shit kickings. Yeah, here's the thing: the three-one <laughs> game was just a very nope. good game by Calgary. Like they didn't they didn't get a lot of goals, but they shut the Oilers down for most of that game. And the the nine-five game was such a different dominating game by the Flames. They let in five goals, but every time Edmonton got a goal, they would score three more. So it was a I don't know. Is this, that, that one's a strange one for me. But they even, dominate in a completely different way. But even the game before that, Preston, which Edmonton won at home, mm-hmm. Calgary destroy, pretty much destroyed them all game as well. Uh, yeah, I believe it stood yeah. on his head. That was right? like, so, yes. Yeah. yeah, so yes, the Oilers won the game, but Calgary took it to them for probably two and a half periods. So you can't, yeah. you know, Calgary's just a good team. So, um, and the fact they won yesterday and got out of this mess that they created for themselves against Dallas. Um, yeah. I, that was an enjoyable mess. You're right. Yeah, it was. It was an enjoyable mess. The thing is, I don't think Calgary fears Edmonton in any way, shape or form. Like I really no. don't think they do. I think LA was, especially in the first couple games against Edmonton, hesitant. They, they didn't know, you know, quite how they were going to match up, if it was going to work, whatever. You know, and they were playing um, not exactly scared, but like, you know, with more caution. I don't really think, I think Calgary's at the point where it's going to, Calgary's going to throw caution to the woods and come out like, for lack of a better term, swinging, right? Yeah. You know? One thing I do and, like about this series is that the Oilers enter it without home ice advantage, obviously, because Calgary finished ahead of them. And they're kind of the underdogs of the series. And I like that mentality that the Oilers should take up that mentality because I feel every time they go into a series where they're heavily favored, they drop the ball in the first little bit. We've seen mm-hmm. it against the Kings. They barely got out of that series. Um, and then they, they had trouble early on. We've seen it against Winnipeg. We've seen it against Chicago. So I'm liking this change of pace that the Oilers come in knowing that they are not the favorites to win this one. And yeah, the Flames did play the Oilers very well during the regular season. But that's the thing with playoffs. The regular season doesn't matter. Who knows what can happen in the playoffs? I know that we're talking about the Calgary Flames are a lot better team. I agree with that. They're a lot deeper, a lot more manageable. But does that we, hurt to we, say? It does, but it's true. It's just reality. Um, but look, we said we're saying the same type of types of things with the Oilers and the Winnipeg Jets, right? The Oilers dominated the Jets last season in the in the regular season. And I, I, I understand it is just... Uh, yeah, but the Oilers were not a lot better than the Jets. Everyone who yeah. thought they were were not paying attention because the Jets had the better goalie. The Jets were just as good, if not better, offensively from a depth standpoint. 
and yeah, their D wasn't great, but their D played probably better than Edmonton's. So, you know, I, like you said earlier, I think the, the difference this time around from the Edmonton standpoint is they don't have the equivalent to McDavid. Right. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, like they didn't have the equivalent to McDavid though. No, no, no. But they had, but they were much deeper. Right. And they got really good goaltending. The Oilers got unlucky and, um, yeah, they didn't score any timely goals. The difference, though, with Calgary, I think, in this series, they didn't score much at all to start. And then as it moved along, some of their better players started to score, right? Yesterday, Kachuk scored. Goudreau scored. Like, yep, their better players are now starting to score. Um, and that's the problem. So, yeah, we'll see. Problem for Edmonton, 100%. Yeah, like, I don't know – and. With what they how they decided to use Fogel and Pulley the last well, three to four games, I would say at least three for sure. Um, do you mean Cassian because Fogel got scratched last year? Well, no, that's what I mean. Okay. Cassian is what he is, right? Like yeah, Cassian's yeah. gonna play what Cassian was playing, but I mean, how they decided to use those those okay. two guys, yeah, right? Fogel not playing for the last what two, and then yeah, um, so. Pulley playing five to seven minutes. The problem is now, how do you build? You're taught like how do you build your other lines? If the plan is to go against Calgary with the three lines they went against LA to close out the series, saying they don't double shift McDavid throughout the game, I, I don't know how those lines are going to survive against Calgary. I don't think that they're going to survive very well at all. Like, right? I'm sorry, LA bossed around the McLeod, Ryan, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins line. Like, they, they, had excellent numbers against that line. And that was one of the, the three lines they ran in that last piece, you know, granted, I'll give you hundred percent. It was the weakest of those three lines, but I'm sorry. Like if you have a line, that's easy to capitalize on. That's like what that giant kick me sign on the back. <laughs> Essentially. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. Um, you know, it's a, it basically like, and if you can't run four lines, you're tired guys then, you know, when McDavid's played 25 minutes a night for three or four games, he's not going to be so zippy, no, you know? But yeah. I think they can run three lines. They can I, run three. Yeah. I think but they, they, can they also can't double shift McDavid for no. all of the, the fourth line minutes that they need to cover. No. I, honestly, if in a perfect world, and I don't see it happening, if they'd go to the second line of Dreisaitl, Hyman, and Pliarvi. I'd probably be happy with that because Hyman's not bad defensively. Pugliarvi's good. But the problem now with Pugliarvi is, at like, whatever. He's playing five minutes a game. It, does he have a shift longer than 25 seconds? Like, uh, he's literally think- on and off the ice immediately. So now that confidence piece is shot, and I think that's going to be the case with Fogel as well. So I'm thinking something's up with Pugliarvi. I, oh, I, I, do, I don't understand – most of the playoffs, half of them are freaking. Yeah, something's up there. Twitter was all over how Matt Dumba was halfway to dead today, yeah. and I was just like, "Why are we valorizing playing halfway to dead?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't get me had... on that soapbox. He doesn't want to have to cut that out. <laughs> Pulleyarvi's been had ups and downs since he came back in early January um, from being sick and then his injuries, but he hasn't been the same player. Even no. And I, I've always been a big Yessi guy, always will be, and I think they're not using him correctly, but he hasn't been as good 
like analytically the numbers might say whatever, but if you physically watch him, he hasn't been as effective. He does a lot of things good. And people who kind of just ignore the fact he doesn't score, it's a problem. Like, yes, he does a lot of good to help that line and in any line he's on, but he's got to be able to produce a little bit. Right. So, yeah. And if he can't, then I got no problem with them shifting him off McDavid's wing. And as we were discussing earlier, that uh, dry side of line got destroyed against LA. So why not give him the better defensive player? Yeah. You know, cause the, the Kane McDavid Yamamoto trio has looked pretty good um, for the most Except part. Except in game five. They got yeah, clobbered. Game five, yeah, we don't game talk about five, game so five. I didn't want to watch them anymore. And um, it's, it's more just like, and no, no offense against Kane. Cause he's been really good. And he's, he yeah. does what he does, what he does. But again, that line is driven by one person. Yeah. So it's not like it's the trio. It's the one guy like doing what he's doing. And then the other two, and like Yamamoto, like I think he had just as many points as Pulley Arby in that series. Like how many chances that open net he missed in game oh seven? God. It was like, come on, dude. It <laughs> was like, was, those. you know, and he's done some good, but he's not producing either. So, and, the no, thing and he hasn't been for, for several, like, yeah, he's, He's streaky, right? When he's hot, he's really, really good. When he's not, eh. but again, this fan base, the media, especially in the city, all they talk about is people who hit. Um, and you're going to hear it even more against Calgary, right? Did the two of you? I brought you my, up. Yeah, right at the beginning. Oh, first thing. First thing. Yeah, made oh. sure we got it in. Right. Drove um, me nuts when we were. I was at Game Five. Preston and I both were. We were in different places. Preston's way fancier. His seats were way fancier. <laughs> I got um, them for free. I didn't pay. I don't have that much money. <laughs> um, but the guys behind me. Well, if you just hit somebody, the Oilers are two up on or two up on the Kings. The Kings had nine hits. The Oilers had twenty hits. You're only hitting because you don't have the goddamn puck. And you know what you need to score. Last time I checked, I could not send Kyler Yamamoto into the net and have it count. I could send him into the net, but it doesn't count for shit. So <laughs> that's yeah, another thing <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of worried about going into this series is guys like Cassie guys like Archibald, guys like Darnell Nurse, seeing it's the Battle of Alberta, getting a little too, too amped up for it and going out and hitting everything in the first five minutes and then taking dumb penalties. That's another thing. That's a discipline thing they have to but against control. Calgary, they do have to play physical. Like, yes, they do. And, but and no one, and I don't think anyone, and I don't think any of us or anywhere else is saying that we they don't have to play physical. Yeah. And I think that's again, it's that's where the misconception is with some of the fan base and media too, where it's like in their mind, competing is just hitting. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's it's just not the case. Like, yeah. were, were there good things Archibald did over the last part of the series? Sure, but the vast majority of what anyone ever talks about is him rattling the boards but i i, I honestly outside of his levels what was that it bugs me on two levels one i think it's unnecessary of and course. two if you're hitting the goddamn boards did you even take the man well no but but guys like him and cassian do both right they hit in such a way that those boards are going to rattle because it gets the fans going and and that's fine that's part of the deal with those guys but that's all they do like he had that one break uh last i think it was last game right where archibald, yep. archibald had that Early break in the third, that yep. score on but outside of that like he's separated guys from the puck on occasion but the oilers don't get the puck as shauna was saying it's just going back the other way 
So again, that physicality, does it play into it maybe later on for sure? But that that's all you hear and it drives us it drives me crazy and i know shona you're like it too it's insane i'm all for fun physical hockey games i think physicality is an important part of the game um in in the playoffs especially it wears down the opponent it's over the course of a seven game series it's a big factor i just don't like it when people love physicality for the sake of physicality if you play it smart sure it's good it's a very good thing but if you play it dumb it's going to be like again what shona said the other team will have the puck and you'll get the crowd pumped up for a few seconds. But, but it doesn't. It doesn't keep the crowd pumped up. Game five, you could 100% tell that. They would cheer for a big hit, but then the puck would be nowhere near and the mm-hmm. Kings would be streaking back up to, to shoot on Mike Smith again. they were again losing too, right? Yeah. That's the other thing, right? But they were losing because... Oh, hey, hey, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Shona, you, you've been a fan long enough and I've been a fan since day one because that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> we found an older than me <laughs> yeah. so, i have been that, the oldest person on this podcast since it started so but since going back to the dynasty days this fan base and it's just how this city is and it goes back through the 90s and everything else who are the oilers most fans most favorite players it's the high-end skill guys yes then who it is who is it yeah it's it's the Dougie back, to, the back in the day Smith. always hear guys talk about some Ryan Smith yeah never mind Ryan Smith Kelly Bookberger it's always Jason Smith they always go on about guys like that and those guys are great but need was a game five everyone loved it but what was that Schmied oh yeah they hated him oh. when we had him but they loved him at game five yeah you know <laughs> But they love those guys. And that's part of the reason they love Mike Smith, right? Because Smith has that fuck you attitude, essentially, right? Ranford had a part of that to him as well. And that's why the fan base loved Billy Ranford as much as they did compared to some of the other goalies. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's how Edmonton is. And it's not just Edmonton. It's certainly most Canadian markets and most hockey markets, right? Well, you look at the impact Dustin Brown has had on LA, the team we just had. Yeah. We just I don't play? know if it's most hockey markets, to be honest. I think it would be, mm. you might be able to say it's most. Um, I think it's all Canadian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But and- there's but like, I don't believe like as hockey has expanded, I don't believe necessarily the expansion of hockey through North America. Or, you know, if you look at the hockey throughout the world, that most of the well, hockey markets in the world yeah, or I, North America value the same thing. I, I, know, I will I, give you the Canadian the very, teams value it. Sure. I will give you the teams close to the border in the U.S. accepting Seattle um, may value it. But teams like Florida or Tampa, like, I don't think that the fan base gets up for it the same way because they aren't yeah. cult. It's not the same type of um subculture in those places i agree to a to an extent like it's not like it is in boston or new york or chicago or places like that for sure but hey people tampa even they won the last few cups who is some of the the what's one of the players they love most in tampa it's patrick maroon it's guys like that that play but again what we hear about the we hear about the people in tampa are the hardcore tampa fans which would again be buying into the hockey subculture you know of course about the casual fans, I just, it's not that I don't think that the culture exists throughout the hockey world. I just don't think it has the prevalence um, 
in those other markets that it does in Canadian markets. I don't think it has the exposure. I don't think it has the saturation. And this is where you all can see the fact that I very much went to school to study subcultures. (laughs) Well, the other thing to keep in mind too, in a lot of those places, there aren't casual fans. Really? There, there, there yeah. are also, there are, there, there are casual fans. It's just different than casual fans here. They're far, far more casual. Yeah. They are legitimately like the actual definition of casual fans. Yeah. They are, let's get drunk at this game and then cheer for every big hit and then not, not, never no, talk is, about them again. There's casual. a lot of that here Preston, too. Yeah. That is Edmonton because somebody <laughs> spilled their beer on me in game five. So that is Edmonton too. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's shift over to goaltending here. This is another another interesting thing. Um, uh, Jacob Markstrom is the better goalie. The, the shocker! I don't think that's a shocking statement at all. Um, when it comes to <laughs> Jacob Markstrom versus the Oilers, who will probably run Mike Smith. Although I do believe they should give Miko at least one. Uh, I, I'm scared of running Smith into the ground. Um, at like was he 40, 41, um, which is elderly in the NHL. Um, so I think we should give Miko one or two here quick, but um, how do you do that though? I know that I, it's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it right now, but I'm having a hard time doing no, it. because there's, there's no reason to, they play every other day. It's and right now. There's literally no travel. Like, you know, I guess I, I, I think it's we're going to see fears coming back. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to see Koskinen at some point this series, because I expect Smith to get lit up at some point. Um, Cause Calgary is that good. You said it, not me. <laughs> yeah. And, and as much as, you know, statistically, from a statistical standpoint, everyone's talking about how good Smith was. Well, Markstrom, pretty much the equivalent, right? Yeah, Markstrom had a fantastic, like not a lot of people were talking about it. it, it of course, yeah, the that's narrative because, was all uh, on Jake Ottinger decided that he was going to do fucking somersaults in his yeah. net while stopping the pucks and wearing yeah. the most adorable mask in the entire uh, T of the NHL. Yeah, but well, the other difference is Smith was stopping 30, 40 shots a night. Granted, half to three quarters of them are coming from the boards, but that's neither here nor there. People just look at the number, right? Yeah. And me, me and Rob uh, talked about that at length in, I think, the last podcast as well. Yep. Um, yeah, like like we were saying, Ottinger had most of the, the fanfare for good reason. He was fantastic for the Dallas Stars, going to be a star in the NHL, I think, in the earliest next season for, for Dallas. But uh, yeah, Jacob Markstrom was also fantastic uh, never had a really bad bad game through those seven games and he came up big when he had to be in game seven so um yeah. it's not like markstrom is playing terrible he's playing exactly how you'd expect a, a great goaltender to play so um that's the a threat for the oilers. oilers the benefit the oilers have they've always handled markstrom pretty well that's what i was going to bring up next um the history that markstrom has had against the oilers hasn't been too sparkling um no McDavid, huge dry settle have had his number in Calgary. Um, keep hearing that it's different years. though in playoff hockey. So I guess it, we'll that's that's, you know, that's of course the 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 catch to everything we say. We have we have nothing to really go on for uh, Edmonton and Calgary in the playoffs. So this is a uh, it's hard to to really bring up solid comparisons here because who knows what happens? Maybe the Oilers come out and win in five. Who knows? Um, I don't think it will happen. That's not my prediction, but... Uh, Eddie Lack said the Flames <laughs> in five. I don't pay attention to Eddie Lack. Um, I thought Eddie Lack was maybe uh, huffing something. <laughs> yeah, I don't, this, I don't think this series either side be going five. down that easy. But. I think this series is destined for six or seven. Um, 
I won't give my prediction away yet, but uh, I think it's destined for that. Unless things go wrong really quick. Yeah, it's tough to say, right? But like you said, I think goaltending, um, yeah, it still has to be heavily, at least to start in Calgary's favor. Like it just does. Mm -hmm. We can sit there and say, oh yeah, well, they they were both really good. Fine. They, and to be fair, neither of them faced a team that has any kind of sort of offense, right? So you got to keep that in mind because Dallas is a pop gun offense right now. And so is, so are the Kings. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a more difficult goaltending matchup than it was going into the LA series. I think we all acknowledge that uh, Jonathan quick, was past his prime, but there was still a chance he could turn it Jonathan on. And, um, past his and prime, he and I well, have to hear so. how he was the younger goalie no less than four times on coverage. What does that say about ours? Yeah. So, um, um, but I think one of the things is, you know, maybe Calgary didn't have fantastic goalie. I think Calgary had way more consistent goalie goaltending goalieing than Edmonton yeah. in their series. You know, Markstrom wasn't all amazing, you know, in the same way that, you know, you're talking about him. Very steady, though. But he was very, steady. Very steady. He didn't dip. You know, he didn't have, you know, we, we have this huge Smith redemption arc from his blunder in game one, you know, this huge freaking redemption arc that doesn't actually need to be there, right? Like, and then I found it really interesting because we'd heard, and you didn't get my thoughts on this last time because I didn't remember to send them. Um, you know, we'd heard all this time about how the Oilers need fans in the stands to win in playoffs. And then you, the first thing Smith said about why he fucked up was that there was too much going on from the stands. Like, do you need I don't that or like do you not? It's, everyone has to deal with that. Smith has dealt with that before. I think. No, I but I just, it made me laugh. I haven't said that. because I haven't know, heard that, but uh, we, yeah. We'd, we'd heard so much how people like Zach Cassian need that energy. And then Mike Smith was like, energy was too much and we didn't know i didn't know what to do and i'm just like holy son of a... <laughs> you know well he, he tried to be a hero right yeah well he tried yeah exactly but that's not on the fans you're no, no. Uh, well i don't i remember him saying that they they i don't think he was blaming the fans when he's talking at first that they came out of the gate nervous and they didn't play well because of the the noise in the building but i don't think he was putting it on them i think he was more putting it on the players not adapting to it well. Yeah. But he, yeah. I think for him, like he could have, he doesn't need to. He could have just said, we didn't play well to start, you know? Yeah. No, for I sure. I think but- that there's this tendency, and I think maybe Smith has it, other players do, to try to over explain things to make themselves, you know, or for whatever reason, to make In themselves feel better about it or whatever. In their but, defense, you know, though, Shona, yeah. the, me- the media here, the mainstream media, have a bad tendency of asking the same question four times. Oh, my God. Yeah, but giving them a longer explanation Ooh, you're is so never right on once that. made a mainstream No, but I, I, think, I agree, but I think the reason they do it is because a lot of them will ask the same question four different ways, even though they've answered it the same, and they've even tried to answer it differently. I know, um, but that's the right? thing I'm saying is I don't think it's ever worked to not. So volunteering extra information has never stopped the mainstream media vultures from asking the same damn question. Oh, true. But I I think they're just hoping a lengthy one might get the odd question out of there. That will be the same 
the entire season of mainstream media vultures. It's yeah. the type of reporting that gets the the Matheson dry cycle um, exchange from earlier in the year. I got a wonderful um, t-shirt Matheson. out of that exchange. It's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I commenting on just um, the nervousness um, at the beginning of the LA uh, series with uh, them starting at home with a raucous fan base with Rogers Place absolutely going wild. Um, maybe going seven. Yeah, maybe going into um, Calgary where they don't have the fans on on their back and and all the pressure on them is going to be good. I think it's good. I, I I know they called home ice advantage, but I think this could be an advantage for the Oilers to kind of establish themselves in a place where there's not a ton of pressure on them yeah. and get playing their game early and often. It, it, it's only home ice in game seven, to be honest. Yeah. With you. The, I agree with you. It, it's a benefit for them to start on the road, but if they don't steal one of the, one of those games, yeah. they're in deep trouble. Oh yeah, for I'm sure. Gonna, I'm going to throw this wrench in there. I don't think that the fans are going to be less. I don't think, Calgary's fan base is just as vocal, just as virulent, just as raucous as Edmonton's. Yeah, yeah. but the pressure's not on Edmonton when they're in Calgary. But I think it's that's the problem with an Alberta, a Battle of Alberta. It doesn't matter where either I of guess. those teams are in this yeah. province. There's going to the be a lot of pressure. Is always on both of them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Preston, you know, because you're younger, um, the the hate that fan base has for Edmonton like the, the Oilers, as much as the Oilers fans hate the Flames, it's way worse the other way. And it's because they continually would lose to the Oilers. Yeah, right? they're, they're the little brother. In the yeah, so because of that, that's never gone away when it comes to the hockey team, right? So Shona's 100% correct. Yeah, um, okay. I'll, I'll, but you, I'll but I don't disagree with you. I think the Oilers are better off starting on the road. Oh, I, really do. I think they're better starting on the road. I just yeah. don't think that Calgary's – this isn't – I would think they would get more advantage if they were starting in Dallas, not that they would ever be starting in Dallas in this particular situation, but I think that, you know, road advantage would have been way better in a more neutral city than Calgary. Calgary's well, Calgary's a sure. shit show in a powder keg just waiting to happen. I'll, yeah. I'll take your guys's, uh, I'll take your guys's um, uh, opinion for it because uh, I've never seen this before. This is the first in my lifetime here. So I'm very, very excited to see these two teams take to the ice in what is sure to be a fantastic series um do we see any fighting is fighting going to be a thing we see in the playoffs in this series oh yeah yeah 100 percent. i think maybe one yeah but how, do, we, do, we, do we have one in the first five minutes and, ah. and if here we go uh, who's gonna drop the gloves in in the first fight of the series i want that prediction here evander kane with somebody evander kane okay that's I think game. it'll be Kane for sure. He'll probably try and get Kachuk to go. I don't think he's he'll have much luck with that. Um, but from the Oilers' standpoint, it'll be Kane. Um, I think there might be more than one or two fights in the series. I really I do. Say, yeah, mine was Kane or Cassian, depending on who it is, who it is. Cassian, I don't know. Like Cassian talks a big game, but in, in his defense, he just got his face crushed this year, right? Oh so I, I don't know how he's still playing. It's the Jujar Kara from last year. This guy's got yeah. some brutal injuries and he keeps playing. And I'm like, man, why are you yeah, still it's, going? It's hard, it's hard to want to get in a fight for that with that yeah. condition. Plus, he already has had other issues as well. So, but Remember, yeah, I expect a few fights. I really do. I do yeah, think I, that 
there's a certain expectation around Cassian and fighting, especially yep. against Calgary, that Cassian may play into in this series. I, I'll give two different. Oh, I guys. see Kane dropping them first, but I definitely yep. see Cassian. Well, and it's part of the reason too why I was a little confused what they were doing with Fogel. Where Fogel, the way the Oilers are built, you can't lose Fogel. Like you have to keep. And yes, in, in, in their defense, he he hadn't he didn't play very well at times in that series. But again, I think part of it was confidence usage. Um, but that physicality, his speed, that type of game, they need that against Calgary. Like, yeah, especially Archibald can go around and hit people. But Archibald isn't going to do anything because half the flames are he'll just bounce off of them. Yeah, um, they're yeah. solid. Right? A, and he's not gonna, yeah. he's they're just gonna look at him and go, Hey, you're two foot nothing, go away. There's no intimidation as far as that with Calgary, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think Fogel is an imperative piece um in this series as well. So, like I said, I'm really curious how what Woodcroft's gonna do with the lines. I really yeah. am. The lines have been crazy, um, which I think has worked to their advantage in the, these last two games. But again, totally different beast when it's uh, the Calgary Flames and not the LA Kings. Um, well, the two guys I, were, I was going to put into this was uh, uh, Josh Archibald. I think he's going to try something. Um, but uh, the other I hope guy he's that not I think playing enough likely, to try something. The guy, the oh. other guy, I think is more likely is Darnell Nurse. I think Darnell Nurse is going to try to get. Uh, as long as he doesn't year. fucking headbutt anyone, I'm fine. I. I don't think Darnell will drop the gloves. No, he's hurt. No, his whatever, whether it's a knee or whatever it is, a I don't think he will because of that. And B, they need him on the ice. That's true. And but I you think, know, that oh, was that ever stopped the, the team? <laughs> Fucking parade to the penalty box in Game Five. I was like, go score me a goal. Fuck. Kane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kane well, that, in but Game how, Five. But Shona, that's how that's how Kane plays. I know, but I don't appreciate it. I would have appreciated well, it all much more. Well, and on the flip side, though, <laughs> like him or don't, he scored seven goals. So. Yeah, he's, he he's brought it. He's brought it to the playoffs. He has, except few of them were empty netters, but they were important empty no, netters. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that. He, what yeah. I will say about Kane is that he he is the epitome of me for me, kind of especially around scoring a hot cold player. Like in the games that he scored, he often yep. scored multiple goals. Yep. But in the in a lot of the, or in the other games, you know, oh, in game nothing. game seven, if Athanasiu wasn't there, that was another Kane goal. I uh, know took it, off, took it off the line. So, but I'm just saying, like there were there that when he's when he's offensively hot, he's very good. He's scoring multiple goals. I like that. Um, insofar as I like anything he does, which I don't. Um, <laughs> if we keep it just to the all night stuff, yes, very good. <laughs> but um, when he's not, he's really not. Yeah. Yeah, but but he only does two things really well. He engages physically, and he scores goals. That is it. Like, yeah, but and, I and I only enjoy matters. one of those things, Rob. So. Yeah, but he, in his defense, he he's done it more often than not, and he should on that line. Yeah. Right, and he's yeah, he's done a very good job fitting I in. I feel like line. there's been a couple times against the LA Kings where I could have scored with what Connor McDavid was setting up on. <laughs> I, I, I don't know because I am not. I'm not going to argue that I probably wouldn't have. Those but last I two feel games, like with any modicum of talent, which I don't have, I could have. Those those last two games, how many people did he set up? We already were talking about Yamamoto who had like a wide open net. I was from the well, slot, and he hit the post. The, I was thinking more about games two and three. 
No, for sure. But, but what I'm saying is I think we sometimes, and this goes back to Gretzky and stuff too. And we've heard it with Crosby and guys like that, where it's like, well, anyone can score. What? Not necessarily. Like we've seen it with Yamamoto. He can't. We've seen it with Pogliarvi. He can't. Kane, to his credit, for his flaws as uh, other things, he can, you know, he can put yeah. pucks in the net. He's, he's okay. done a good job from a hockey standpoint. I won't argue. Well, I don't sure, think a lot of people We can't say that. sometimes. He's scored 29 goals now. I know. But what I, again, like. Well, what's he supposed to do? Score every game? Any other winger. I will give you that. Yeah. But. He's not going to score would, 80 goals. No, I, I would like to see um, Kane produce over a full season and see what that looks like before I'm willing to be like, yeah. Oh, it, you Do you honestly have any doubt? And I, and me and Preston talked. You know what? No, before. no, I don't want to. No, no, I don't want to talk about this. But even, <laughs> but even before they signed Kane, if Kane would have been here a full year, he's going to score 40 to 50. And I don't understand why everyone's shocked that he's scoring. This is what he's done his whole career. Boring. I, again, I'm, he frustrates me because he's such a inconsistent. He is yeah. really hot or he is really cold. Yeah. Um, the only thing I like that in his goalies. <laughs> Sorry, Mike Smith, you didn't make the cut though. You know, yeah. so I, I do think, I think that, you know, um, yeah, Evander Kane has been really successful in scoring on McDavid's wing. Yep. But I think, again, there's, there's at least in this last series, there were a couple times where I was like, how did the same thing as with Yamamoto and Puyarvi? How is this not going in? You know, like you've made that a dozen times. Heck, you've made that half a dozen times this year. You know, yeah. what is going on? All right. right so. Uh, we're, we're going into the home stretch of the, of the episode here. Um, and as we do, Preston, stay on task, Shona. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, I said, I'm loving the conversation. I, I put my two cents in when, uh, when I need to, but for the most part, you guys are having great conversations. So I'm just sitting back and listening to it. Um, but, uh, as we, as we do at the, uh, well, like, I'm, I was going to say, as we do with every preview, we've only done one of them. This is the second. Um, I'd like to go over just, uh, some of the other series that are going around in the NHL. Of course, we're entering into the second round. And if the first round was a great one, uh, the second one is going to be Man, there's some good matchups. I think every single one is just fantastic. Uh, so I want some predictions from you guys, maybe a few thoughts. And we'll start over in the East with the le- the least interesting one, but it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Rangers. The Rangers, wow. I didn't think they had it in, in them to come back 3-1, but Crosby goes down. They come back, win two. Crosby comes back. Doesn't matter. They come back in the game, and then Panarin wins it in overtime to send them to the second round. Um, who do you guys have in the Carolina New York Rangers series? Carolina, Carolina in six. Carolina in six. All right. Uh, Carolina's a better team, but I'll take the Rangers in six. All right. I Why? Because of their goalie. Yeah, I do like their goalie. You're right. That is a very nice goalie. Goalie's well. Yeah, Shuters. He he struggled. Igor struggled out of off the bat. Uh, played really well the last two games. And if again, I don't think Carolina's as good with Anderson not in net. So for sure. And I think the Rangers are feeling it now. So yeah. I'll take the Rangers as well. I'll take them in six. But there's a there's a caveat to this. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes get off to a 2-0 lead. The Rangers fight back, win it in six. 
I'm good with six. No, no quit in New York. It's been true this year. I think it continues. I think they're going to run out of energy at some point. I think they oh, were. So I, I, I thought they were out of energy in the first round. Yeah, I'll take the Rangers. All right, so we got two Rangers and one Carolina. Over to the more interesting Eastern Conference matchup, the Battle of Florida. The Florida Panthers, who uh, were one of the teams that didn't go to seven. They beat uh, Washington 4-2 and six against uh, a team that did go to seven games, the Tampa Bay Lightning looking to continue their Stanley Cup three-peat. Who do we got here? This is going to be a good one. Florida in seven. I could see it going that far for sure. Um, Florida looked awful in the first round. Yeah, that's why I gave them seven. (laughs) I, uh, I expected, like I said, Tampa to beat Toronto, but I don't expect Tampa to go to the finals again. So, and last year's series was so good. Uh, I'll take Florida in six. I think uh, Florida got off to a slow start. They started to pick it up. I think they're starting to really hit their stride here. And Tampa Bay, that was a hard fought series. That was probably one of the hardest fought series in the entire first round. I think uh, it's, they're going to their, their tiredness is going to catch up to them. They got two Stanley Cup runs, that first round series. I think Florida is just rolling over them in five. I have a lot of confidence in Florida really regaining their step in this round. The, the benefit for Tampa Bay is uh, Vasilevsky played really well the last four periods. That's true. He, yeah, Vasil, Vasilevsky could extend this series more than I think it should. He wasn't very good in the series, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say Campbell probably played even better than him. So yeah, but he's the type of guy that you can't count out no matter what. He can turn it on in, in just like that, right? So no, but like yeah. you said, I think he's like the rest of them. He's tired. Yeah, I think he's going to catch up. Um, so I got uh, the Panthers in, in five. So we're in consensus there. The Florida Panthers will move on to the the conference finals, in our humble opinions, uh, and they will face the humble. Carolina Hurricanes. That's <laughs> that's going to be a good or. The Rangers. I think two of us had the Rangers in there. Yeah, I had Rangers. Yeah. And, and in the, in the, the uh, Eastern Conference final, they have a split decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We'll get there when uh, when when it happens. Um, hopefully with the Oilers in it. Um, over into the, the West, uh, another good matchup. The Colorado Avalanche versus the St. Louis Blues. The Avalanche did a clean sweep of the National Predators in the first round. Uh, and the St. Louis Blues beat the Wild in six. Much to my surprise, I thought the Wild were going to get that one, but I stand corrected. So who do we got there? Colorado in six. I'll take St. Louis in six. Okay. All right. So split decision here again, and I'm the deciding vote. Um, Man, I want to say st louis but i think colorado is just feeling it this year it just feels like a colorado year doesn't it yeah no i like the blues this series is going to get the oilers darcy kemper next year (laughs) you can hope oh that's what's going to happen this is going to be i think colorado will not sign them if they if they don't get to the final colorado is going to win it in seven this is going to be a very tight series i think it's going to be very tight I like the blues for sure. Even though Billington is the one playing right now, but he's starting to play well again. So yeah. Well, if he falls off, I don't like him either. Shona. (laughs) If the listeners could see my face for that one. Yeah. 
Well, but I think that's the benefit they have right now is Billington's playing well. And Huso got because they got off to a slow start. He hasn't gone back in the net, but they got two good goalies. So if mm-hmm. Billington kind of yeah, you know, I just don't know that they have the depth they need to to run Nash or for for them to run Colorado. Colorado's had more rest. Colorado. You guys didn't think they had the need the, the depth to beat Minnesota either. I know, and I still don't understand how they did that. They did you it. No, I think so. Now Louis- I'm still not picking them. <laughs> St. Louis is a very solid team. They're very, they might, they, they might not have the star power that Colorado has, but they're a very solid team. They play a good way. They play a sustainable way. We'll get, I just after think, having I, such a steamrolling of a series, series that the Colorado Avalanche had, this is going to be a lot different. Oh yeah. They, they haven't just, faced much resistance here. I think it will hit them and it'll hit them hard if, if they, and the Blues funny, can very well take it. For as much, for as much grief as the Leafs take, and rightfully so. Um, what's Colorado done? Yeah, no. I'm curious. And it's not about what Colorado, but I, I honestly think that their depth is deeper. Oh no, oh, yeah, the, for sure. And I don't mean that, Shona. Like I don't mean for as far as the pick goes. But no. I'm just saying, over the years, yeah, they've won first round series and stuff. But Colorado, for them to be this far into what they've done, into to got to have gotten to only where they yeah. have. And we and we talked about this in around ideas of rebuilds versus Colorado's rebuild versus Edmonton's rebuild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that, you know, yeah, okay, St. Louis has one cup, right? Yeah. But, you know, for the longest time, St. Louis was, what have they done as well, right? Yeah, for sure, for you know? decades. So I, I don't know that there's that level of difference. Um, and I think that this Colorado team was built very specifically to answer the question, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't think they've been tested yet. This, this playoffs, but no. I, it'll be a, an amazing series to watch. Yeah. I, I honestly expect it to be the best series to watch. Yeah. As much as all the, of the battle of Alberta and battle of Florida are going to get all the media attention. Don't sleep on this one. This yeah. is going I think to Florida bad. will be good too. Yeah. Um, all right. And that leaves us with one last series left. Um, uh, Rob, you had the only correct uh, guess or prediction with the first round. You took the Oilers in seven. Um, so I'm going to leave your uh, prediction to last and we'll go Shona, me, then you. So who do we got in the, the titular Battle of Alberta round two series? Uh, I said this in the first, the preview of the first round. I don't think Edmonton gets through Calgary, Calgary in seven. Oh, okay, so going all, all the way to seven. Um, it's the I playoffs. don't think Edmonton I don't bet, down and I don't bet against my team. I think the Oilers pull it out. It'll be a very hard fought one. They'll get a few. They'll get a few very tight wins though. Oilers in six. Uh, I. I don't. <laughs> I, Rob I, is trying to say he's more closely aligned with my perspective. Oh, not not closely. I uh, Calgary in six, as much as it pains me to say it. See, so. see, my <laughs> yeah. side. Not yeah. my no, Calgary is a way better team. Yeah. But going back to what we talked about earlier, had they just, as everyone likes Mike Smith because he had a great first round or in their minds, if they had simply addressed the net minding at the start of the year. Even with the Oilers' injuries and everything else, I would still pick the Oilers. But I cannot pick Edmonton to beat them when 
we're looking at Markstrom against Smith. I just can't. Is it possible? Sure. McDavid could go. Could McDavid steal four games? Maybe, but that's a I pretty big ask. It's a very big ask. But it's a very yeah, big ask, especially when you consider his traditional support staff is kind of limping yeah. around. Yeah. You guys got to remember, you're talking to the guy who said, I think the Oilers have a chance against Colorado. <laughs> I don't know if it's a great chance. I don't know honestly, if it's a great chance. Honestly, personally. I would like their chance against Colorado better than Calgary. I'm yeah, yeah. I agree. I think really? they're way better equipped mm-hmm. to beat Colorado. Than they, they match Colorado way better than they match Calgary. And well, as I mentioned, I think in the preview last round, Colorado is not, they'll play the Oilers wide open. Mm-hmm. They true. know that they can outscore them if need be. Calgary, while Calgary will bring it offensively, as we've seen this year against Edmonton, it's different. They're going to try and physically pound them. And well, we've seen some, we've seen, well, they also have Daryl Sutter as their coach. And what yeah. is Daryl Sutter known as? The, the defensive guy. And the others don't typically do fantastic against really defensive teams. See um, Minnesota. Yeah, see Minnesota. But yeah, but Calgary can score. Yeah, that's the thing. They've got guys who can absolutely get through it. It's just as a as a, a whole team, they they struggle with it. But you know what? It's the playoffs. I don't bet against my team. Um, as long as we're in it, I'm picking. We're not them. betting. Uh, I'm betting in my mind. <laughs> I'm betting with the listeners, the adoration of the the listen listeners. Don't so. worry, I gave up on the adoration of the listeners. <laughs> in the first podcast, so but, I don't need to play. <laughs> but as we mentioned earlier, the Flames' defense is not very good. Yeah. Nope. And that's legit. And especially with Otanis. Also not very good. No, God, I am no. worried. <laughs> no, for sure. The thing is, I do think the Flames have the ability to defend better as a five-man unit than the Oilers. Right, yeah, I will agree with that. Right. Um, I I would feel a lot better if you know the Flames' defense is not very good. The Oilers' defense is not very good. I would feel a lot better about their chances in the series, and I would maybe pick them if. I didn't feel like the Flames defense, like the Flames goaltending is, you know, quite a bit better than the Oilers goaltending. Yep. The Flames forward core, you know, doesn't have exactly the Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl that the Oilers forward core has, but I think it's still competitive with the Oilers forward core. And I think their defense has a bit of an edge on the Oilers defense as well, you know, and I just, I don't think there's a big enough gap, um, in around those two where Calgary is kind of just a little bit better or a lot better to safely be saying Edmonton's going to beat Calgary. You know, I think you especially started to see the medal of both teams in that run at the end of the season. And it wasn't good for the Oilers. No. Well, and if to, if the King series had gone differently where it was a two or three line approach of scoring, like we saw in game two and three, but after game three, it really became McDavid, right? And the power play. And I, that ain't going to work against Calgary. Like, it's just not. Well, now, the Oilers did. It's not going to work long-term against Calgary. It'll work for a bit. Yeah. And because we did see games where Edmonton lit them up on the power play. Um, but again, how? what are the refs going to do there, right? Yeah. Like Calgary plays the way they play, they'll they'll be shorthanded a bit, um, and Edmonton could make them pay, but Calgary's going to play the way teams like Calgary play. It reminds me of like watching a basketball game, right? Certain teams that play really physical in basketball, they're going to get away with 
70 percent of what they do because because yeah, they're not going to call every they're not going to call them all. it's, it's yeah. impossible right and it's the same in the well especially in the playoffs in the nhl right so yeah the oilers uh i honestly it'll come if smith plays well they could beat them yeah that's what I'm banking on, and I'm. I think I. You're I speak banking forever. on Mike Smith, eh? I. It's the playoffs. Crazy things Jesus happen, man. Christ. I will. I you, will do a lot of things in the playoffs that I don't usually do. <laughs> what were they saying? What have they been saying the last few days? He's got the second best save percentage, and out of any goalie. Yep, and I don't care about the context. I see that number. I'm saying it's cruising. It's going all the way. Oh, they're talking <laughs> for his career. Even oh really? Though, <laughs> even though all like in recent out of guys currently around, even though like all of that is basically based on one run eleven years ago or whatever it was in Arizona, on a defensively minded team where he played really well um, in a different NHL. Um, yeah. Two thousand and twelve run, yeah. Yep. And I yeah. hope, like I said, I hope he plays well. I really do. You know, but that that I think is one of the things that always pisses me off. Um, and why I think hockey statistics get such a, a poor rap with some people is that they're, they're easy to manipulate. Yeah. You know, Smith has a small percentage of, you know, you know, at the beginning of the series, when they, when he lost game one, we were hearing how he had lost uh, something 11 like or 11 straight playoff games and how they shouldn't play him. And now we're hearing about how he is the second best save percentage, blah, 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 blah. They're both technically correct, but some fucking context around them would be nice. <laughs> well, it's true. I, we're, we're I, fans. We don't need Yeah. Well, and I just pulled it up as you were talking, Shona. He's played 36 games in his career in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. 16 of them were that one run. Right? So that's half. half. Yes, just under half. And his save percentage that year was 944, and his goals against Holy was shit. 199. 944. Yeah, but he, he was a younger. Yeah, hell of a run. Oh, I hope I wholeheartedly I agree. Preston was sitting there going, he's having a hell of a run. I'm like, he was yeah, but, learning. But Preston, his his goals again, his save percentage this year is 938. I don't, yeah. Yeah. So no, no large sample size. And that's why I said is the problem with save percentage. Over the course of a long season, yeah, it could be a good it's a really good stat. But when you put it in uh uh, just like a course of a month or two, you're you're going to get some weird results. Uh, yeah. and I'm sure that's true for every goaltender, but especially he, like, he's going to have so much pressure on him these he's first weird. two games. Because he is. He, well, you got to oh. remember, Smith went to Calgary, and yep. Smith failed in Calgary. Well, it, though in his defense, that year that they got crushed by Colorado. He was the only reason those games were 10 nothing every I, game. I, I am not arguing. I yeah, do not like defending Mike Smith, sure. though. But yeah. I am saying that the Calgary fans do not – they – Well, the guys in that room don't like him too much either. No, to be fair, yeah. you know, there are probably guys in the Oilers' room that really don't have very fond memories of Milan Lucic either. Yep. And Oilers fans that really do not have super fond memories of what Milan Lucic, you know, heralded for an Oilers team. Um but I think it's an interesting kind of juxtaposition because we all talk about, you know, Smith, uh, you know, this is going to be a good run or whatever it is. We don't all, but enough people do. But it's interesting because people forget that he came from Calgary after having failed. He came to Edmonton when people thought his career was done yep. because of his poor performance in Calgary overall, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it'll be go. interesting. But yeah, the first two games, he has the... 
the opportunity to change the narrative immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For if sure. he can shut games. the Calgary fans up, if he can put in two good performances and shut the Calgary fans up, I will. Even if he just puts in one, like literally all he needs is one. I am not going to, I am not going to praise Mike Smith for one good performance. No, no, but I have to give two if he wants my praise. (laughs) But but what I'm saying is uh, guys like Smith, we even saw it in LA, the LA series against a team that isn't very good. He had one awful game, which was the one you both went to. And then in the first game, he wasn't terrible, but he let in one awful goal. And then he made the puck handling error, which led to another bad goal. Granted the goal itself wasn't a bad goal, but it happened because of his, his puck handling. The only game he was really bad was five. So is Smith going to have one or two bad games this series? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he will. But if he can steal one or two, he didn't steal any games against the Kings, contrary to what people want to say. He didn't no, Connor McDavid stole all of those. Yes. Like, well, the two games, they they pounded them, right? Well, but the last two games. stealing it instead of earning it, Connor McDavid stole it. Yeah, the, for sure. The last two games, one guy stole them, right? Well, I wouldn't say they stole them, I guess. They, they outplayed them, but it was because of him. Because the Oilers are the better team. He, he was leading the way. Yeah. He was, setting, he was setting the pace for the team. Yeah. But if Smith steals a game in Calgary, and let's say he's... Well, I want him to put it in his bag and get on the flight and bring it back to Edmonton post-haste. <laughs> do not linger. Do not let Calgary get it back. If, if he can steal one game in Calgary and one game in Edmonton, then Edmonton can beat them. Yeah. But he has to steal two games. It, he's going like to do- I said, if he starts stealing he's games, going to he's do going to put them in his bag and just get out of town. <laughs> okay, we're running running pretty long. I think this is an episode that we can justify going long. Um, lots to talk about, um, but I think we're going to cut it off there. Um you can follow Rob on Twitter at uh, oil um, underscore drop uh, Shona. I'm not even going to, I'll mention you in the tweet, but I won't mention it on air because I know you hate it, but um, again, I mentioned people must know Shona. The people must know. And for me, you can follow me at NHL Hodgkinson. Uh, I have every time I say my last name, I have to spell it out. So that's N H L H O D G K I N S O N. Rob, you write for the, the for Copper and Blue. Um, I also write for Copper and Blue. Shona also does I it as well. This is the Copper, Copper and Blue, Blue podcast, after all. Um, so yeah, um, we'll be back uh, talking about this series probably next week after a few games. Um, if we aren't able to do it, we will definitely be back at the end of the series, but, uh, I'm sure we'll get another podcast in somewhere in the series, um, at some point. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the battle of Alberta. I, I, I know I will be, I will be graying in the hair, in the hair by the end of the series. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know how my anxiety will hold up with it, but uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun at the very least. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week, hopefully. Thanks, man. Thanks, Shona.